You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Yes, I am concerned with America right now. But far, far, far more important. I'm so concerned with the New Testament local church. I love our church, and there are many good churches in this country and in the world. We're not the only one. There are many faithful men. I think of that listener and calling on Friday, and she said, we're getting ready for Jubilee. North Carolina, she said with her country voice. And she said, our church is a little white building on the side of a mountain up on a hill. We run about 20 in our little church, but we're praying for Jubilee. That's a revival meeting this week. Got so many preachers coming in, and in the South, they have Jubilees. There are good churches that run 20 that are just as important as a large church. And there are large churches that are important. They're all important. Pastor Cooper could tell you, he travels a lot more than I do. They're changing so fast. Everywhere. He receives probably more calls from preachers than I do, but it's just, it just overwhelming how fast and quickly, as we're changing quickly in government, we're changing in our churches. Somehow, I've went through, I've gone through my 20s and 30s and 40s and all the way up over to here, I know what the result's going to be. Somehow we think this new modern church is, is the way to go. It will not bring a good result. I mean, we heard your dad preach this when we were kids. I met Brother Smith, I think, 1955, I'm going to guess. It's a long time I've known him. We heard preachers, I, I think of those preachers in this Bay Area that would preach. Those old guys that would preach, they were old to us. And they just, they, the blueprint would come out every Monday from Foothill Baptist Church and Archer Winnegar would say, here's the dangers, what's happening. And I'm thinking, good night, he sees danger in everything. And these, these preachers, these great preachers saw it, and they were always warning us. But by the way, the first generation church was being warned in the Bible too. After my departure shall grievous wolves come in. Paul was warning it. Peter in 2 Peter chapter 2, he said, many shall follow their pernicious ways. And Jude was warning, they're going to creep in the church. That's first generation Christianity. I'm appealing to you tonight. You're going to have to figure out where you stand and then take a stand and draw up the line and say, thus saith the Lord. This is what I believe. I can't prove everything with Bible. I get so tired. I say, well, give me a Bible reference for that. I can't. I cannot prove to you that you should hold the door when a lady goes out. I can't prove that. But it's worked. I cannot prove to you 
that you stand when a lady comes in the room, although Solomon stood when his mother came in. A lot of things I cannot prove, but I can practice a lot of things that have part of the heritage that brought us to this point. We are corrupting our heritage in our church, our churches in America. Brother and Mrs. Bertram, you traveled the summer. 12, 14,000 miles, many great churches. He came back, glowing reports, and our churches supported our college tour groups that were out this summer better financially than any other summer, and they took care of us. And they were good to our students. We had three groups out. They were very good to us. And they love us and pray for us. Want to say, but I tell you what, we saw a lot of things that are very distressing. I mean, when I hear every week now of churches say we can't have a choir anymore, we, we don't want big buildings, large, but we can't have a choir. People don't want to practice. They don't want to sing. We're going to have a hard time in heaven because there's a choir. And we say amen and amen in the Bible in heaven. It's distressing to me to see that almost in every city in America, we're not running buses anymore. There are churches that run buses. There are churches that go in soul winning, but more don't than those that do. We've lost the shout. We've replaced it with everything. Like, How about amen once in a while? I'm so burdened for the church. You say, well, we're still holding church. Yes, and I... I, I I've had people write articles against us. And, right, but he wants to take us back to the 50s. No, I really don't. I don't want to go back to the 50s. I want to go back to the Bible. We had a 1950 years to corrupt in the 50s. Tonight I'm coming to you on this passage and we'll get there momentarily. I, I'm going to tell you folks, 50 years ago and 40 years ago and 30 years ago and 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, we, we did not have in our independent fundamental Baptist churches, we didn't have worship teams. And independent Baptists did not introduce worship teams. Non-denominational churches introduced it. Now we have worship teams and frontline singers. That church that called me again this week and it's just such a large facility and large buildings and large property and, and an amazing area of the nation. And they said, we, we, we have, I said, you called me four or five, six months ago, didn't you? They said, we did. I said, I know I have it right here. He said, we still can't find a pastor. And they said, here's the problem. We're finding these preachers want to come in here and they tell us we want to change things. One church that called me this week looking for a pastor, they said, we had a guy, we have a lot of money. They told me how much money in the bank, huge amount of money. And a huge amount of buildings that are paid for and they're basically empty. They said, we had a fellow come in here the first thing he did, he threw away the psalm book. We don't need it. Why do we have psalm books? Because you have notes. 
Why do you have notes so we can learn how to sing harmony? That's why in elementary chapel, high school chapel, college chapel, we use the and many, many Wednesdays in chapel, we go through, let's all sing the melody line. And we go, let's all sing the, the alto line. Let's all sing the tenor line. Let's sing. Why? Because the Bible says, speaking yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Here it is, singing and making melody. Melody is harmony. Harmony is puts the heart into the church. There must be a harmony. I recall the day when Pastor Brent Strofe was sitting down here with his wife and they were burying Brother Skirty, your grandson, Marge, five-year-old little Jeremiah. And he said, the thing that man administered, and thank God for the preachers that preached that day. I was here, I, didn't, I, 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 I think Brother Johnson preached, if I'm not mistaken. But he said, uh, he said the thing that ministered, we're, we're in a startup church. We don't have the great harmony yet. But he said, when those people sang the songs at the funeral, it ministered our heart. Why, there was harmony there. There was heart there. I look at this, what's happening. They said he threw away this hymn book and we got rid of the choir. He said the next thing, got rid of the piano. Well, God got rid of the piano. Brought these machines in that make these sounds. Got rid of the lights. Made it look like a nightclub. And then they got rid of the pulpit. And now he left because he was immoral. And we're left with the debris. We want someone that wants to sing songs and wants to use a song book and wants to have a choir and wants to have soul winning and wants to go door to door and wants to have preaching and we want to run the buses again. We want to go back to church. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, this, when you get over here, after you tweak the church and tweak the church, you're not going to have anything. Empty buildings, they're all over America. I think of, I think of how, and I know the wonderful thing. People say, ah, oh, you know, North Valley, you people, you, you don't have good Bible teaching. Here's the thing. Why is the first thing you young boys are doing and some of you old codgers that are caving, why is the first thing you drop Sunday school where you learn the Bible? And the next thing you drive, drop, because everybody's busy, is Wednesday night Bible study and prayer. And all of a sudden we have our praise service. Look, friend, I was born at night, but not last night. I've been around the block a few decades now. I'm not the authority in the country. There's better men that are better authorities and all that but I've watched it a lifetime. I've watched it for seven decades. I've been in church for 70 years. I've seen it with my own eyes. I see what happens when you corrupt. I see the emptiness it creates. When I was a young man, we would never think about getting our direction from our peers. We'd look to the old guys. Jeremiah 6, 16, I'll get me to the great men. That means the old men who have known the way of the Lord. Young college boys and young high school boys, don't read your peers. They don't even know where they're going yet. 
Don't read your peers. Instead, you follow some ancient person that's gone down the path of life. Very, very careful here tonight. I'm going to get there in a moment. It won't take me long when I get to the message. Tonight, I'm so burdened about what I see, how soul winning is being dropped and how separation is being dropped and we are called soldiers of Jesus Christ and how that we don't want to be a soldier. We don't want to fight for anything. Dear Pastor Fred, and I love you so much. I love preachers. We have so many good ones and thousands of people and several hundred pastors are probably watching right now. I just know what it is every single day. Thank God for you. But when was the last time in your church as a shepherd in the flock, you drew a line and you fought something? You fought for some righteousness. I'm talking, this is not fighting. Well, we're against sin around here. Paul didn't have them guess. He listed in one passage alone 19 sins. It's the last time we listed any sins. Was the last time we dealt with sin. When's the last time we told our church, well, I can't do it on Sunday morning, we got so many visitors coming, they wouldn't like it. When's the last time we tell them, male and female created he them? When's the last time? When's the last time we, we, we preached direct to our people? Stay out of the movie house, stay out of the dance hall, stay out of the taverns, stay out of all the, stay, live for God. Well, I can't do that because they wouldn't come. Your job is not to grow a church. Your job is to preach the word. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Strong preaching may build a church. It may not. I think it does. But connection groups don't. Standing around having coffee instead of having Sunday school is not, is not how you grow a church. Thank God for the 100, 150 Sunday school classes we have where we're taught the Word of God. It's not Mickey Mouse time. It's teaching the Word of God. Tonight we have a problem that takes place with a great man of God, David. I'm not, I'm not I mean, here's a man after God's own heart. God tells him in Numbers chapter 4, verse 14 and 15, here's the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant is like our Lord's table, and we'll be using it. We'll have it out here before missions conference. Well, we have a theme on that Wednesday night about the cross. The Ark of the Covenant was like a box, and inside of it was Aaron's rod, and inside of it was the law. And the Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God. So I love coming to church with you folks. I sense the presence of God. I love it. I just I enjoy it. On the side of it, on the corners, they had places for staves to go through. Uh, let's use it like these microphone stands. And you shove them through there, and then you picked it up, the priest did, and they walked with it. But God says in, in Numbers 4, verse 14 and 15, don't touch it. Can't touch it. And the day you touch it, you'll die. I don't know why God made that as a rule. Why can't you touch it? 
Just touch it. It's no big deal. Yeah, but it is a big deal because God said no. Well, sometimes I don't see things that say no in the Bible, but there's someone, Brother Van Dyke, Sister Jackie, that's in my heart tonight called the Holy Spirit of God. And sometimes I don't see it in the Bible all the time, but the Spirit of God says no. I was with somebody having a conversation yesterday. I was with somebody today having a conversation, and two times I attempted to say something, and it wasn't gossip. I was just going to pass some information up. Nothing bad. There's nothing wrong with it. It wasn't ungodly. And both times, and I don't know why, the Spirit of God said, don't say it. Happened just today. Don't, don't say it, Jack. But it's nothing wrong. It's not gossip. It's not hurtful. It's, not, it's just reality, what's going on. And I'm just going to say something. But I don't know why the Spirit of God said, don't say it. And so I backed up a little bit later, tried to say something again. And the Spirit of God said, I knew that God was dealing with me. He convicts us. He guides us. He teaches us. He comforts us. He seals our lips. He sealed our life. I, 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 I said, now, Lord, I'll obey. I won't say anything. You know, just even this afternoon, just a few hours later, I know why God didn't want me to say anything. And it's no problem. I probably could say it tomorrow, but not today. I'm going to listen to that still, small voice, and he speaks to me. And I tell you what, child of God, God said, don't touch that Ark of the Covenant. When you move it, don't touch it. Our Bible, in chapter 13, verse number 3, let us bring again the Ark of our God to us. For we inquired not all the days of Saul. That is a good thing. Thank God for David. David said, I want to, I want I want our nation to have the presence of God. There's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's admirable. That's wonderful. And so they gathered all Israel together in verse 5. The congregation agreed with it in verse 4. And they, they, they wanted to bring the Ark of the Covenant, Ark of, of God from kirjath Jerem. Here's where the problem comes in, verse 7. And they carried the Ark of God, here it is, in a new cart. The Ark of the Covenant was never said, he never said to, to carry it on a, on a wheels. You always carry it on staves. This is a direct violation and disobedience to God. I, I'm speaking to you today of this new way. And I'll be done in a few minutes. Why are we always looking for a new way to do everything? Well, whatever happened, and I, I, I've heard preachers criticize, that's all, give me the old time religion, the old time religion, and they criticize it. Go ahead, but I'm going to tell you something. I like the old time way. I like its product. That's why, that's why you hear me on this thing. Even the contemporary churches are going after our graduates. Our, our graduates will have two, three, four different places to go. They can almost close their eyes and go like this and put their finger on a, on a and there'll be an opening there. I have so many openings right now, and we don't have the people, the laborers are too few. We don't have enough laborers. 
You dear preachers, God bless you. You're looking for a church. Don't call me because I don't even know you and I'm not going to recommend somebody I don't even know. God, yeah, I, I met you. I met you. I met you in 1981. You were preaching. Over, I, I, I can't remember then. I can't even remember my wife's name is Sylvia. I just, I, I can't. Uh, uh, Cindy, I, I'm in trouble now. I can remember. I'd call her that once in a while just to make fun. But Boy, am I in trouble. I just saw her. I, I wish I wouldn't look over that way. <laughs> Pastors, we've got to have you figure out what you believe and then draw. And you know what? When you figure out what you believe and you say, thus saith the Lord, or this is the direction of our church, that's where your fight's going to be, Brother Birdsome. Right there. Where you draw the line, that's where you, And I get tired of fighting all the time. Can't we just kumbaya? I love you. You love me. We're a great big family. Can't, can't we just, you know, no. What unites us is theology. What unites us is philosophy. That's why Paul says in Colossians 2, 8, beware lest any man beguile you through philosophy, a sum of ideas. Well, we've got a new way to do it. We're having all these new meetings all over the country. New way to do church. New way to do Sunday night. New way to do Wednesday night. New way to do Sunday school. New way to do Sunday morning. All, all these new ways. Get rid of all the old ways. Get rid of a guy standing up and pounding on the pulpit, thus saith the Lord. But this is what built this country. We all want a, it seems like we want a new way. You fellows, God bless you, and I, 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 I'm so concerned for you. You want to dress like a girl. You want to dress a little sissy. You want to have your little hairstyle. Men don't style their hairs. And you, you don't even have hair. If you're a good Christian, you lose your hair. <laughs> Ladies go to the body shop or beauty shop, whatever you call it. They, they get the dap, they get all those things and fill in the cracks and all that stuff. Man, we just look ugly all the time. I really don't ever look at myself in the mirror. I call one hair on this side, one hair on this side, comb it and that's it, and that's it. Then I, I used to spray my, I'm not spraying my hair anymore. What I do, if I spray it, it just blows. Too much power. So I spray it up in the air and then I slide up underneath it. Just sort of filters down on it, you know. I, I looked, I, I looked in the mirror the other day and wanted to make sure everything was right. And I said, Trevor, you get old enough, you'll, you'll start talking to yourself. I said, Trevor, you're about the ugliest guy I've ever seen in my life. You're ugly. I went to my wife and said, honey, Brother Dennis, he's our funeral director here. One of our good members, we used to always practice about every four or five months. I said, I want the ring finger on top, right there. I want, I want it like this. And I said, Dennis, I want an offering plate in the casket. <laughs> put it there for the bus ministry. I want to keep the buses going. So Lee put, I looked at myself in that mirror. I went to my wife. I said, honey, closed casket. I look bad now. Can you imagine what I'm going to look like? And, and she said, I'll do better than that. Let's not even have a funeral. 
I said, so I'm going first? She said, I hope so. I said, well, I do have a life insurance policy. She says, how much? And then she said the classic thing, would you do that for us? Die so you'd have life insurance policy? Please don't let her get married. Just, just other people, don't, don't let her get. I said, will you get married? She goes, why would I want to do that again? I mean, we're have a, we, we really have a good marriage, you know. It's just like the rest of you ladies just think of what in the world would I do that for? I have a questionnaire form at my funeral, and I want you ushers to pass them out. If she's looking, make sure that they answer the questions. And deacons, Brother Van Dyke, Brother Kissel, you, you go through those if she's looking for another husband. How do I get off on these things? It's Bible. You, you, this young generation, stop the looking like girls if you're a man. And you ladies, stop being so masculine. And I'm not really talking to our church right now. I'm talking to the internet for this moment. Thank God for you ladies. But when we begin to break down male and female, we break down the church. So here is this, and, and, and all of a sudden, it's a new cart. I've never been to a tavern. I've never been to a nightclub. I, I preached in an old tavern that became a church. I preached in an old movie house that became a, a, a church. I don't know what they look like. But generally, from what I understand, years watch, watching TV and all that, nightclubs and saloons and taverns and Bars and discos, they're always dark. With some lights in the back. I, I don't want our church looking like that. I, I don't have a hard time looking at that cross. And a bright auditorium and a happy auditorium. Fellas, where are you getting all this stuff? You're not getting it from the heritage. Well, Lee Robertson, he'd be 110 years old if he was still alive. He's been dead for so long. And nobody finished his course. I'm watching so many of these boys change things and then they can't even finish the course. They have so many resigning because of, it, so much of it's just pride. You can't have pastor out of pride. God will always, God resisted the proud. So the problem was in verse 7, they tried a new way of doing things. And it was all great. David and Israel, they were playing before God. They had harps and psalteries and singing and cymbals and trumpets. And it was all good. All that was good. But how they were moving the cart was wrong. The anger of the Lord was kindled. Why? Because Uzzah, verse number 9, did you say Uzzah when you read the Bible? Is that Uzzah? Is that how you say it? Brother Bertram says Uzzah. I, I, I know grammar very well. It's Uzzah. <laughs> that hurt that you laughed. He knows better, so I'll call it Uzzah. <laughs> Thank you, my brother. Uzzah. 
put forth his hand. And David was displeased, verse 11, with God. David was afraid, verse 12, of God. I want to I try to keep my life so right in this church, so right that I have fellowship with God and He walks with me and He talks with me. I'd like it to be like Enoch that God took him as he was walking with God and the day wore on. I just heard one of you preachers here preach this and say, you got so close to heaven that day that God said, you know, Enoch, we're closer to my home than yours. You want to go with me? There's a land that's fair that day. David's upset with God. God already told him how to carry it. Pastors especially watching and God's people, and even God's people here. I just ask you to reevaluate, where are you going to wind up? Older folks here that have been brought up in the house of God, you, you know what's going to happen. You, you can't be tweaking everything and change. We're so absorbed in our churches, and I thank God for Christian schools, but our Christian schools have almost destroyed our churches because we're so sports-minded and play-minded and party-minded that we don't run buses like we used to if we do at all, and we don't go door-knocking like we used to. And our passion is to reach our city. I want to have sports teams for our boys and girls. I want them to have a good time, but that's not the priority. I, 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 please don't fault me for this. I, I'm not really interested if we go to state. And I love sports, and I love to watch you play. I just, I, I'm going to try to, I, I went to a soccer game watching you boys last week. I'm going to try to go every home game. And basketball, and you, you girls play volleyball. I, I always feel weird watching girls play. There's nothing wrong with it, but just, dad, you ought to. I want us to do well. But Donald, when you were in school, we didn't play this school. I'm going to mention, we play a Jewish school now. I don't even know how to pray. God, help us to cream those Jewish schools. <laughs> because if we love them, we'll have the blessing of God. God, help us to lose soccer by 45, whatever, points. What do you call them? Points, runs, goals, goals, goals. I know what it is. Can I, can I, and I have, I don't take the time for scripture. Can I say this new way is not coming from the Bible? It's not. May I say secondly, it's not coming from our heritage. Not just, I mean, our heritage in America. I, I remember when the, the Protestant churches, the Congregational and the Methodists and the Presbyterians, they all had Sunday school. Some Presbyterians still have it. But I remember, everybody used to have Sunday school. How are we doing in America? We got rid of it. Just in the Silicon Valley, I wonder how many Sunday schools were open this morning. Probably you could list them on this hand or less. You know what the Silicon Valley needs right now is Sunday school. Teaching the word, upon, the word of God line upon line. We need the word of God being taught. 
We need a preacher to stand up and say, Jesus, every day, take a gospel track. We're not getting this new modern thing from the Bible. We're not getting it from our heritage. We're not getting it from history. Read, read books like this. See the heritage, what brought the first great awakening. It wasn't a connection group. It wasn't a praise team. It wasn't rock and roll music. It wasn't follow the bouncing ball. Read something like this. Our, our, our history is based upon this Bible. That's why they're taking statues down. They're taking the commandments down. They're, they, Santa Clara, they took a cross down because you can't have a cross. By the way, Santa Clara was founded in 1777 by the Catholics. Last time I looked, it was a religious institution. Was it, it wasn't established by the heathens. Established by religious groups. We're removing our heritage. We're removing our history. We're removing our Bibles. This new thing that we have coming is, it's not being passed down to us from our, our generational fathers. We scoff the fathers. Oh, Tom Malone, he'd be a hundred and some. Oh, these old guys, Lester Roloff, he'd be a hundred and some. Those guys, John Rice, he'd be 125. Weirdos, weirdos. Bobby Robertson, yeah, but they finished their race. Harold Seitler, they finished their race. They finished their course. Instead, I think you're finding what so many of our churches are doing. They're finding their peers and they're finding the famous writers of the day. And they're finding people that will draw them away. I better be closed. In Exodus 32, Moses went to walk with God and he came back down and he heard this noise. They had changed their dress. Exodus 32, they changed their dress. They took the clothes off. They changed their music. He said, what is this noise? They had music going that was noise. And they changed their worship. They had a calf they were worshiping. They threw those tablets down and said, this is not what I'm giving my life for. I plead with you, Ms. Trevor and I said in our class this morning, we're, we're so proud of the young couples that God's given to us. Strong young couples. Most of them are here tonight. Some have children, some don't. But you're doing a good job with your marriage and you're doing a good job with your children. Don't, don't, don't tweak it. Well, Aunt, Aunt Sally over here, she thinks we ought to do church this way. God bless Aunt Sally. Let her do it her way, and let's see what kind of crowd that God sends to her. Be careful. Well, I've cut out so much of my message. I can't choose the new way. I've got a new way to move the cart. If, uh, move the ark. If you could go, we won't take time. Chapter 15, they had to regroup. It's okay, let's do it God's way this time. And there are a great host of great preachers in America. You're, you're starting to change this stuff. All I say, you're not our enemy. 
But if a country ever needed you, we need you now. You love the Lord. I'm not suggesting you don't love God. You probably love your, I know you love your mates. You love your children. You're probably working hard. You probably are. Our, our, our churches need some men of God that will take a stand for righteousness and holiness. You young boys don't graduate from this great institution and then tweak the church. And you'll probably get, because most of you won't have to build buildings. They're sitting empty everywhere. In North Dakota, they're historical buildings. You can't tear them. There are 2,500, 2,500 empty church houses in North Dakota. 2,500. Remember here in Clarence Sexton, say a few years ago, we're closing 43 to 45 churches every Sunday in America. You probably, fellas, I know, I know a church, church called me and said, we want a pastor. Brother Chamber, we have two gymnasiums. Think whoever gets to go to that church, they're so blessed. I've had pastors in the last couple of weeks say, we've got a 1,000, 1,250-seat auditorium, 1,300-seat auditorium. It's, it's basically empty. We need a preacher. We need pastors. You probably won't have to build an educational building because they're sitting empty. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.